Welcome back. The Rams come out ahead 37 to seven, beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. Similar score to that that was expected, I think, for the most part, unless you were very, uh, very pessimistic about the way LA had played in November. But the Rams come out ahead by 30 points and really for the third time this season pulled Matthew Stafford because of a blowout lead, which is just insane to think about how few it, it was so rare to see, you know, Jared Goff pulled uh, because of a blowout win. And uh, that's not necessarily just all because of uh, Jared Goff. I'm not saying that, but it is just pure fact. I think Matthew Stafford has been pulled more times from a game because of a Rams lead this season already than uh, what we had seen in the last four years. So that is good news for the Rams. Uh, you know, cannot forget the fact that the Rams still need to play this way or really even better when facing potential Super Bowl winners, which is what you got to do in the playoffs. And it's what the Rams will have to do with this upcoming schedule. One of the reasons that beating the Jaguars was so important because uh, if you somehow slipped up against Jacksonville, uh, then you just put another L on your resume with the Cardinals up next week, the Seahawks the week after that Seahawks just coming off of a surprise victory over the 49ers today, uh, and then road games against the Vikings and Ravens, and then another home game against the 49ers. So eight and four is the Rams record after today's win over the Jaguars, five games left to go a uh, potential record anywhere from eight and nine to uh, 13 and four, right? So there's a big swing there still. And if the Rams win three of five, you know, they will be 11 and six, which is, you know, pretty good. If you were 11 and five uh, in the previous era, that is a really good record. However, if it's more like 10 and six, uh, that's, that's, that's all part of the debate, right? Is 11 and six more like 11 and five or uh, 10 and six uh, with me as always after the game is Blaine die Dasco, Mr. Fiasco and uh, Blaine. What, what do you think is uh, 11 and six? Is that more like 10 and six or 11 and five? Uh, I think it's more like, uh, yeah, more like 10 and Ten and five, <laughs> uh, especially the way it is in the NFC. So I think you know we're gonna be more we'll be more comfortable to get that eleventh win. Yeah, very true. Basically. You know, it's uh, it's about it's all relativity, right? Right. Um, you were there at the game, as uh, you are many home games. Can you describe sort of what was the atmosphere like? Uh, do you think um, going up against the Jaguars uh, was was it as much excitement to get a 30 point win as usual, you think? Uh, in a different way, it was. I mean, it was sort of um, a little bit of relief where Rams fans kind of sat back and enjoyed this game, you know, knowing pretty early on that we're likely going to avoid this upset. Um, and so that was a big relief because, as you're saying, you know, had this been an upset, that would have been, you know, a big blow uh, in a lot of ways. So, you know, that Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, one of our biggest wins against, you know, a, a winning competitive team, that was exciting in, in one way. Uh, but this was just great to see uh, our units operating uh, like they should. For example, exciting to see Matthew Stafford with a clean game, no interceptions is exciting. 
Yeah, 26 of 38, 295 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. was only sacked one time, um, similar to the Matthew Stafford that we'd seen in the first half of the season. However, again, this these are, these are numbers that Stafford is putting up and uh, the Rams are putting up against uh, the worst teams in the league. You go back with the Giants or the Lions or some of the other teams uh, that the Rams have uh, defeated this year, other than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, we just really would like to see Matthew Stafford have more of these games starting next week against the Arizona Cardinals, but uh, no reason to take anything away from anybody, especially Cooper Cup, who once again kind of is a, a non-factor for half of the game and then just uh, takes over. And that's a good thing. You know, anytime you can have a player on your team that takes over at any position and, you know, and then it's just about uh, ordering them in terms of positional value. But uh, if you have any player who can just take over a game at some point, like Cooper Cup, and, and really having Matthew Stafford there as the guy throwing him the passes, um, we've seen that that is one of the you know top five most dangerous weapons in the NFL. I think is the Stafford to Cup connection. Whatever, wherever you can point to in the NFL, I think Stafford to Cup has proven to be you know just one of the most valuable plays in the NFL this year. They just keep hitting it over and over. It's sort of like how an NBA player has signature shots. You know, like the Iceman Gervin's got the finger roll and. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's got the uh, finger, uh, the hook or whatever. I look, it's been a while since I've watched basketball, but uh, everybody's got that. If you got that signature shot, you can hit it over and over again. Uh, If you got Shaquille O'Neal, you just hit it over again. You got Hakeem Olajuwon, just keep throwing it. As you can see how old I am and how long it's been, but all of those signature shots and for the Rams, uh, Stafford to cup is a signature shot that is just kind of unstoppable. Um, what do you think Cooper cup is doing so well, uh, this season, uh, to be so consistent, 129 yards today, a touchdown, eight catches leads the NFL in pretty much every category. What do you think uh cup is, is just doing uh special this year? Uh, I always point to his route running. I mean, Cooper cup does a lot of things well, but I think route running in a couple of different aspects, the first would be just technicality his patience, his timing on his routes, and then his understanding of the scheme. Um, so today, you know, today the Jaguars are looking at, um, you know, guarding Odell Beckham Jr., Van Jefferson, who's also, who also is, you know, coming to his own. So that just opened things up for a guy like Cooper Cup. And, you know, like today in the second half, it just makes it easy for a guy that knows how to read, read the defenses, find the soft spots, and break with good timing. So when Matthew Stafford is on his game and those two are in sync, uh, you get what you saw today. And then on top of that, uh, Cooper Cup doesn't like to be tackled. Uh, so, you know, he runs tough after the catch. So when he gets that mm-hmm. ball, shoulder height, uh, with a little bit of opportunity to run, uh, he's going to do it. So like on his touchdown today, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't spectacular. Uh, but yet the acceleration after the catch um, is unique. And that's what uh, sets him apart. Man, you assume, I don't know. This is so off of the beaten path, but as soon as you said like uh, Cooper Cup and uh, and breaking tackles, uh, did you watch? By any chance, if you watch college football, did you watch Alabama Georgia? Uh, I didn't get to watch that game yesterday. Man, well, if there were two players, neither of whom will be entering the NFL next year, but if there are two players in that game, I mean, there's a not, there are a lot of players in that game that'll be in the NFL. Some of them would be great. There's like Bryce Young as a quarterback for Alabama. Yeah. I mean, just unbelievable. Um, probably could be in the NFL next season uh, and won't be, but probably good enough to. And so is good enough uh, Brock Bowers, tight end 
uh, for Georgia. And he had a broken, he had a, he broke a tackle of three guys on uh at one time. And that's against Alabama's defense. It was really uh, something to watch. And, and that's just sort of, it seems like Cooper cup is uh, he's got so many skills. He's got so many things in the bag of tricks that make him good. Unbelievable that he was a, uh, you know, a third round pick uh, out of Eastern Washington, but he's, he's got everything going on for him this year. Uh, and what I, would you, uh, if you had to give an MVP to a Ram um, for this game, who would you uh, give the MVP to? Be the MVP to for this game? Yeah, definitely, It'd definitely be uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, I think close second would be Matthew Stafford, but Cooper yeah. uh, Cup for sure. And uh, uh, not getting in the conversation for MVP, but no less uh, having one of the best games for any running back on the Rams this season. Sony Michelle had 24 carries for 121 yards and a touchdown. Um, Daryl Henderson was active, uh, but never uh, put on the field at, at, because the Rams don't want to risk him unless they really, really had to. And they didn't end up having to do that. Of course, um, Makai Sargent uh, comes in and has two carries for five yards. But uh, Sony Michelle, does that make you feel more comfortable now with the running back position, the depth there, and uh, that the Rams, you know, as much as any team can feel uh, comfortable at running back, that the Rams can feel comfortable now? Um, you know, I, I want to say yes, but on the other hand, you know, it's the Jaguars. Yeah. So, you know, um, it, it almost made me feel, you know, less comfortable in the fact that, yeah, we got, a, you know, over 100 yards, uh, five-yard average for Sony Michelle, and he looks great, uh, but it's against the Jaguars, and I did see a couple opportunities there, like, he, today it looked like he's, you know, we're taking what the Jaguars were giving us, the yeah. offensive line looked like we we're fired up, looking to improve over the last few games, uh, but on the other hand, you know, there are what I thought was some leftover yardage. We had one, in, uh, I think, maybe his longest carry during the fourth quarter uh, where he broke out to the right and it you know to me had a lot of open field and it would have been great to see him just make that highlight play instead of just taking you know what the what was what was given to him uh, so I think that's missing the big the big highlight plays you know breaking multiple tackles um, is what we're missing from all of our running backs uh, but otherwise you know it's still nonetheless five yard average 129 yards is is good not that it, uh, you know, yeah, not that it comes as any surprise out there. Just uh, take last year uh, or every year and hit repeat the Jaguars, not much competition. And uh, that is uh, certainly something to be taken into account as we look at today's game and, and the what happened in today's game and, and the way the players performed, as you say, because uh, the Rams, just to recap a little bit, Rams, Start off phenomenally, 65-yard kickoff return, um, and they only get a field goal out of that opening drive, and then immediately another opportunity when Aaron Donald forces a fumble on James Robinson, uh, and, the, uh, and the, the Rams do take advantage of that, going up 10 to nothing um, on, a, on a, but just a 27-yard, you know, offensive drive. So to uh, have that sort of just immediately spotted 10 points, and then the Jaguars, uh, after trading punts, the Jaguars go have a 73 yard touchdown drive and it's 10 to seven. And then uh, it was really 13 to seven up until 
right before the end of the half. And then it was 16 to seven, which uh, anytime you're more than one possession, it starts to feel like, okay, you're starting to pull away. And there was very little chance, probably, you know, a 0% chance that the Jaguars were going to come back from a 16 to seven deficit at any point in the game, just not good enough to do that. And uh, so everything felt pretty comfortable there. And, uh, and obviously the Rams were just able to pull away at any point because uh, the Jaguars didn't, didn't score any points in the second half. So it was, it was easy to pull away at that point. But um, yeah, would you say that the first half still gives you any uh, pause about LA's ability to, uh, you know, defeat some of these other high-powered teams in the NFC? Yeah, I think you're right on point in that, uh, you know, we did kind of what we were supposed to do against the Jaguars. But yeah, the fact that we let the Jaguars uh, do, uh, get that long drive, um, the fact that we're settling for field goals on some of those drives, um, still a couple of drop passes. Uh, those kinds of things, you know, uh, make us concerned moving forward against the Cardinals next. Um, but, um, you know, uh, spreading the ball out, getting Stafford, getting the ball to seven different receivers, um, you know, seeing uh, Ben Skowernick, Skrowernick, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, things like that are, you know, are good to see. Uh, but still, there's some things that were left out on the field today that are a bit concerning moving against a tougher stretch. Yeah, uh, Ben Skowernick, he did have that 35-yard catch early in the game. Two early targets, and you're still going out there going away. Yeah, it's it's interesting that Ben Skowernick is uh, a part of the, the game plan early on in, in games uh, recently. Uh, didn't get any targets after that, of course. Uh, that Then all this, you know, then it's Cooper Cup, and and, uh, and then Odell Beckham finishes with uh, two catches for 28 yards, a touchdown uh, on five targets. Van Jefferson, six catches for 41 yards and a touchdown uh Tyler Higby five catches for 48 yards and uh, I know that they play different positions uh but uh looking at someone like Ben Skowernick this is where I just keep coming back to this belief that I have which is good players are good and they tend to do something uh early in their careers rookie season if not second you know maybe second year but um I, I we saw it with Cooper Cup you know it's like there was there was a learning curve There was getting better and everything like that. But Cooper cup was able to came, come into the league immediately. Um, and Ben Skowernick is not Cooper cup and, and he's not uh, that level or anything like that from what we've seen so far, or anything like that. But the fact that he's out there, the fact that he, he did have a special teams uh, issue where he just kind of ran at the guy is just kind of a thing, lost control. He's running too fast. I don't know. But um, overall, I think like, Oh, that's, that's encouraging that he's out there at all. It may lead to um, him being a, a, a quality player on offense, uh, even, even if that's, say, Josh Reynolds E or something like that. There's, that's that's comfortable. And it does. Get, but again, this is a, another example to me of like, wow, how, how is Bryson Hopkins? You know, it's a different position, but how is Bryson Hopkins uh, still not a part of the Rams? You know, there 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 was supposedly, you know, in the past opportunities for a number two tight end for for quite a few years. And this year, that's not part of it. So that's that's interesting that uh, Bryson Hopkins, to me, is, is still not a part of it. And then, yeah, I, I, you really think about where, uh, you know, that Tutu Atwell pick was before. So, but overall, I think, like, oh, I'm encouraged that Ben Skowernick is uh, getting out there at all because it's a seventh-round pick. He broke his arm. He thought he wasn't even going to, you know, make the team. I think most people didn't even expect him to make the team. Um, and he's a part of it of the offense, even though he wasn't really – in the second half there. I, I don't know if there's uh did, did any um, of the rookies uh, or say second year players today stand out to you? There uh, would... 
the most obvious second year player is Van Jefferson. And yeah. uh, you know, we all kind of are keeping an eye on him, especially after the Robert Woods injury. Um, OBJ was questionable coming into the game. So uh, we all expected Van Jefferson to play some sort of a role today. Uh, and he did. He had a couple of nice catches, uh, but still uh, at least one drop um, that I remember. So um, I think he's standing out. I think he's, he's still got a lot of potential and can hold at least, say, the wide receiver three spot um, yeah, this yeah. season and, you know, and, and the next. And on, on defense, I know Sean McVay and everybody shouted out Ernest Jones, who has made his um, fifth start. And I don't know if you can really say again, because you're playing uh, the Jaguars and a rookie quarterback and, and he doesn't have very much talent around him. I don't know how much you can point today, but uh, Ernest Jones, I, I don't know that his presence is making the defense a lot better or anything uh, because he's not, you know, it wasn't, he's not like the problem or, or it was, it's not like that's going to change uh, the issues that uh, the Rams still do have on defense, but individually, it seems like Ernest Jones at, at speaking just like about Skowernick, you know, him being out there uh, as compared to some of his uh, some of the guys who played in the middle linebacker in the past um, him being out there is encouraging any, he, and he does seem to be playing well on top of that. Uh, and hopefully that does translate into a better overall defensive performance here in the final month of the season. Um, but uh, yeah, what did you see out there from Ernest Jones who finished with uh, a team high nine tackles as well as sharing on a sack uh, and a pat and a batted pass? Yeah, Ernest Jones, look, he looks solid. He looks quick and strong. I think he's, you know, will be comparable. Like, to, to me, he's he makes it feel like, you know, he can replace a, a Kenny Young. So, um, Kenny mm -hmm. Young kind of same sort of uh, limitations, same ceiling, but same potential abilities, I'd say comparable. So, he's going to, you know, step in nicely uh, for Kenny Young, and hopefully we can get more out of him moving forward. But otherwise, yeah, I don't see him as a complete liability. Uh, but again, today looking good against the Jaguars. Yeah, it uh, it was just like, uh, yeah, very solid performance against a team that isn't solid at all. Uh, next year, uh, next week, it'll be the Arizona Cardinals, who are now 10 and two and in the number one seed in the NFC. Uh, obviously, if the Rams get a win next week, you know, they'll be nine and four. The Cardinals will be 10 and three. Um, I don't, you know, how the tiebreaker works at that point with uh, splitting the season series, if they were to finish with the same record, uh, probably yet to be determined. Um, but uh, that would be a good thing for the Rams. You know, if the Rams on the flip side of that, if, if the Rams go to Arizona and lose, uh, then it is a three game lead for the Cardinals with four games left to play. So you might as well just uh, say that if the Rams lose next week, the Cardinals have won the NFC West. Uh, especially because the Seahawks beat the 49ers today, sending the 49ers to six and six. So they're out of it. It's either going to be the Cardinals or the Rams. And uh, if it's, the, if the Cardinals win next week, it's not going to be the Rams. So uh, next week's game is hugely important. Um, and just to remind everybody in the first meeting, the Cardinals won 37, 20 didn't look good at all. Um, and that was sort of the first sign that, uh, Hey, maybe these Arizona Cardinals really were, uh, un uh, massively underrated going into the season. Um, and so next week's game becomes, uh, for some intents and some purposes, the game of the year for, uh, these teams. And it's on Monday night football. Uh, did you see anything today that you were sort of, uh, 
looking for that gives you more optimism uh, against the Cardinals? Or do you think, because as we keep saying, it's the Jaguars, um, there's not necessarily more room for optimism until the proof is uh, in the pudding against a better team? Well, what was nice to see today was the you know turnovers from the defense, which has been lacking over the last few games. So the two uh, forced fumbles by the defense was encouraging. And, you know, that's what it takes. Um, I think, you know, as always, in the last three losses, it comes down to turnovers. So to not give any up and then to, to take two away, I think was huge. Um, and so, uh, so if we can, if we can find a way to, to get those turnovers against the Cardinals, that's going to be big. Uh, and as always, the offense got to avoid the easy giveaways or the mistakes. Uh, that's going to be key. So to see Aaron Donald get back to the, to back in the sack column, um, and get those fumbles, uh, that was big time. Uh, also, I, you know, I thought we did see a little bit of, uh, um, additions into the offensive scheme, um, uh, maybe a, a bit more in the bunch set lineups um the, the play actions and the rollouts were looking good today so those things are promising i think that's what you're looking for um to be at least working in this game uh getting ready to dial it in and, and make sure it's all tight moving into next week yeah and you know it's, it's just at the end of the day whatever happens in the regular season is is still just whatever happens the regular season uh the rams are focused on uh, on giving themselves the best opportunities going into the playoffs, but it all comes down to just really just one of two things. Uh, there's just two things I think that the Rams can do either. They can be the one seed or they can be the five seed. Um, I guess, you know, obviously I guess there are other seeds in there where if the, the Packers and the bucks aren't too far behind actually from that. Uh, so if the, if the Rams get a win, but they're basically, it's, it's either going to be, yeah, you've got an advantage. You won the division or you didn't win the division. There's no, there, at that point, the Rams are just going to the playoffs. Uh, there's no, I don't think there's going to be any, first of all, the Rams are going to the playoffs. You know, at this point, uh, the closest next team that's not in the playoffs, the Rams are eight and four, the closest next team that's not in the playoffs would be the Eagles at six and seven. Um, so, you, you know, you can kind of work that out that, the Rams have such a long way to fall that there's no way to really calculate a way that they'll probably not be in the playoffs. So it's really just get to the playoffs, you know, and uh, if you don't beat the Cardinals next week, then, uh, then the last four games, you know, just, you know, stay healthy, play your best football, but ultimately you're just going to be a wild card and have to go to Arizona or green Bay or Tampa Bay, uh, or Dallas. I don't know which of those is going to be most favorable to the Rams at this point. Would you say that you have any idea of like, if the Rams have to go on the road in the playoffs and those are the four teams that everyone's kind of pointing to uh, for obvious reasons, Arizona, green Bay, Tampa Bay, Dallas, do you favor any one of those? Uh, I, I guess we'd have to take either Dallas or Tampa Bay would be our top picks right now. They look like, uh, like the Rams, you know, they're, they're, they look a little stronger in the first part of the season or middle part of the season. So yeah, I, you know, I'm still comfortable taking on the Rams as a first rounder. Yeah. Sorry, the Dallas taking on the Cowboys as the first rounder. Yeah. I mean, the Cowboys stand out because they haven't uh, done anything really recently and, and Arizona is playing so well. Um, Green Bay and Tampa Bay, obviously Tampa Bay has just so much, postseason experience but the the Rams also have uh, gone two and0 against the bucks in the last two years and so uh including a win in Tampa Bay so that that's that would be one thing but 
that's the that's the whole reason to go out there and beat Arizona next week and give uh, yourselves a chance to get that division win and have not just a chance at a bye week, but you know, just a chance to face one of these teams at home. Um, and uh, how funny it would be to see the Rams not get a. I guess that's what happened to Tampa Bay last week last year, which is to not get a home game until the Super Bowl. Um, but overall, yeah, it's like. Any of those teams, I, I I see why you'd see why the Rams can beat any of them, but the Rams have shown us uh, too many times this year that uh, they can lose and they can lose ugly. So today's win was a good win. Uh, any 30 point win is, is going to be a good win. Other than that, uh, 73 yard drive. Um, there were no points, you know, other than that one drive, there were no points. As you say, the turnovers, and uh, taking advantage of those opportunities and a relatively relatively uh, a much better performance on special teams with the kickoff return and uh, making the kicks by Matt Gay and Johnny Hecker was pretty good. And everything other than that uh, penalty was pretty good. So um, those are the things that uh, are encouraging. And uh, with the 49ers getting knocked off by the Seahawks, the uh, Rams now hold a two game lead over San Francisco uh, and that rematch rematch is in week 18. Uh, Blaine Didasco, you can follow him on Twitter at Blaine Didasco. Blaine, uh, what are your uh, final thoughts here from SoFi Stadium? Great to see uh, our uh, units back in action. Uh, nice comeback win for the Rams on both sides of the ball. Nice, clean game. Uh, and, uh, yeah, let's look ahead and go for Arizona in the desert. Arizona, yeah, come on and uh, go out there. And it's it's the win that NFL needs. You know, there's not going to be a as much interest if the Cardinals – just lock this thing up. Right. So it's the, it's, it's the game that the NFL wants to see the Rams win. It'll make everybody happy. So uh, <laughs> go ahead, uh, go ahead and uh, lose out there Cardinals. Um, and this race will get very interesting here with a lot of teams packed in there in the top five. Um, that's it for this episode of turf show times, the podcast instant reaction show with Kenneth Arthur and Blaine Thy Dasco. Make sure to subscribe to Turf Show Times on your podcast apps and follow Blaine on Twitter at Blaine Didasco at Turf Show Times for TST. That's it. Stay tuned and we'll come back next week with a brand new episode.